do our homework on this and we look at that number and we go, okay, am I willing to walk over what I'm about to ask for? Yeah. So that's the mindset I want you to have. A, we need to be knowledgeable. It's not just because it feels, totally. oh, 75,000 doesn't feel right. I don't it's, care how yeah. it feels. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Rachel Crusoe podcast. I am so glad that you're here. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about some ways you may be missing out on making more money. One of them being negotiating a raise. Yep, you don't want to miss this conversation I had with career expert and Ramsey personality, Ken Coleman, on this topic. It's so, so good. He gives so much practical advice. But first, let's talk about some money myths that you may have been told for years. So take a listen. All right, today we're gonna be busting some money myths out there. And these are common statements about money that you may have been sold throughout the years, but honestly, they're complete lies. But first is the myth that, man, it just feels like it's everywhere these days. I don't know why, but it's the myth that real estate hacks are the fastest way to build wealth. Now, is real estate a great place to build wealth over time? Yes, absolutely. I come from a family that loves real estate. It's great. But listen, the way that people are going about it, it's just wrong. And there are people out there promoting strategies and hacks on the internet that's more like get rich quick. And they're all over TikTok. I see them on Instagram. And it's these people saying things like, it's better to have rental properties than cash. It's better to invest in real estate and go into debt for it. But here's the deal. As you do that, if that's your mindset, you're going to have mortgages upon mortgages upon mortgages for different properties. And if something happens, <clears throat> the Great Recession back in 2005, 6, 7, 8, remember that? And the market went down and it crashes you're in a lot of trouble. And if we've learned anything over the decade of our life, we know that the world is this. Like, you can't predict anything, okay? So being stable financially and having a good, solid foundation under you is what is so important. Because the problem, again, if something happens and the market crashes, then what? You have to pay all those mortgages. And if you have tenants that aren't willing to pay or that you can't get tenants in certain properties, then you owe that money. You could just lose a lot of money. And also, these kind of people, they make the argument that, like, stuff can happen to money. It can burn in a fire. Well, guess what? <laughs> a property can burn in a fire, too. Floods, earthquakes, all of that. And sure, you have insurance and all of it. But, but listen, that idea, it's just, it's not true. It's not true. And what they're promoting is very, very high risk. So remember, building wealth takes time. It takes patience. And if someone is telling you that you can do it quick, you can do it easy, there's probably a lot of hidden risks out there that could potentially lead to huge problems down the road. So again, it's dangerous. It sounds enticing. It sounds smart. It sounds like, oh, wow, they have this secret way of doing something. That's been around forever, you guys. It's been around forever. And it's not the way to build wealth over the long term. It's not. And I would say, too, a lot of that motivation comes out of a lot of greed, of the only reason is just to make more and more and more and more money. And I'm not mad at money. This whole show is about money and to get you in a place financially where you're stable and even that you're building wealth. But it's not just for you to consume. It's for you to change your family tree and to be extremely generous with others, okay? But a lot of this mindset is a lot of just gimme, 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 gimme. And in the long run, you guys, it does not bring the joy and the satisfaction that you think it's going to. All right, up next is the myth that Budgeting apps are your hero. I know you're probably shocked that I'm saying this. <laughs> because you know me, I love a good budgeting app, okay? I mean, at Ramsey, we have every dollar. So I'm all about them. But they are not the thing that is going to make you win with money. But there are a lot of budgeting apps out there that make themselves 
look like the hero. So for example, I've seen some budgeting apps promote their product by saying stuff like, see your finances effortlessly organized, or the budgeting app that changes lives. An app is not gonna change your life. You are gonna change your life, and the app is there to assist you. So by downloading an app doesn't mean that you're automatically gonna win with money. But again, it's there to help you, it's a tool in your life, but you're the one taking control of your money, not anyone else. And a budgeting app is there to work with you. And again, I'm all about a budgeting app because it makes this process easier. But I want you to be the one inputting the numbers. I want you to be the one tracking your transactions. Because when your behavior changes and you see a new way of doing things and your habits change, that's when you're going to win over the long term. So again, we have every dollar here at Ramsey that is amazing. And it works because it helps you. But you are the secret sauce, not an app. So stick around because in a little bit, I'm going to be giving away something that's going to help you stay in control of your money. All right, the next myth is that you need a credit score. It's one that's been around there forever, you guys. So you have to have a credit score, get a credit score, build your credit, build your credit, have a credit score, make sure your credit score is good. It's like credit score, credit score, credit score, because you need it to live. You need it to buy a house and to rent an apartment and to apply for a job and for insurance and rent a car. I mean, just it's all about the credit score. But what's happened is that we have elevated the credit score to believe that if I have a good credit score, that means I'm good with money. And that's not the case. Because in fact, what we say around Ramsey is that really your credit score is an I love debt score. It's calculated based on your debt payment history, your amounts owed on debt, your length of time you've been in debt, new debt, the debt mix you have. I mean, all of it is around debt. So again, you could inherit $8 million tonight, and tomorrow your credit score would not change one point. So it's not about how much money you have or how good you are with money. It is a score about how you have handled debt. And the one type of debt we will not yell at you for here is a mortgage. Remember, you can have a mortgage, but the credit score, you can actually get a mortgage without a credit score. You can do a process that's called manual underwriting. So it is possible to get a house without a credit score. Or you can actually pay for a house in cash, which I know is crazy, but people do it. People save up and do it. And you can actually rent an apartment without a credit score. You will have to explain why you don't have a credit score, and you have to provide proof of being a good tenant, paying your bills on time. So have some history of payments of like your cable or cell phone or insurance to show and prove that you have the money and you can pay your bills. Now, if a potential employer asks you to provide a credit score, which is becoming more and more common, unfortunately, again, just be honest with why you don't have one because you're not going into debt and you're financially responsible, but you're not choosing to live a life with debt. And if they can't accept that, it's weird. I probably wouldn't work there anyways. And the fourth and final myth is investing in single stocks is the best investing strategy. So this is a strategy where you're saying, okay, I'm going to buy single stocks, which means you have ownership, a little bit of ownership in one specific company. And they'll say, buy low, sell high. So you're going to buy a share of the company when it's inexpensive, and then you're going to sell it more for a profit when it goes up in value. But when you're doing that, you're kind of just playing the stock market, which feels like gambling because there's no guarantees. You don't know over time what that company is going to do, and you're putting all of your eggs in one basket. So you're screwed. If that one company, something happens, you're done. You're done. And then I would say the same level of risk goes for all these trendy investments like Bitcoin or Dogecoin or GameStop, all of this stuff. So here is the right way to invest that can guarantee that you will have money when you retire. So once you are completely debt-free except for your mortgage and you have a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months of expenses, 
Then I want you to start investing. So you're gonna invest 15% of your income into retirement. So these are options like a 401k or a 403b, an IRA or a Roth IRA, which I really recommend because it grows tax-free. So remember this, if you see the word Roth before anything, pick that if it's an option. Roth is the best because it grows tax-free. You will invest money after tax. So once you've paid taxes and you get your paycheck, that's the money you use to invest. Uh, which kind of stinks because it feels like, oh man, so my income's leaving. But it's great because all the growth on that is tax-free. So remember that. And you want to spread your investments around. So you're going to invest in mutual funds. So that's 90 to 200 of those single stocks that we were talking about earlier. So instead of putting all of your eggs in one basket, you're spreading it out between 90 to 200 mutual funds. And there's really four buckets of those mutual funds that you want to look into. So you want to look into international, aggressive, growth, and growth in income. Talk to a smart investor pro about investing because this is a whole other world. It's very complicated, but I want you to understand it and have someone by your side helping you with this because I want you to retire with dignity. I want you to have money when you retire. So when you do this, what's great is that you're going to be experiencing compound interest. So what happens with compound interest is you put your money in and you're going to make some interest on top of that. It's anywhere from 10 to 12% depending on the market. So then year two, what happens is you make money on your growth and your principal. So you're not just making money on what you put in last year, you're making money on that plus what you earned. So what happens is it becomes this like mathematical explosion because you keep making more money off of more of the growth and it's amazing. So here's a quick illustration just to demonstrate how important compound interest is. So there's two guys named Jack and Blake. Both of them are really serious about retirement investing and they're like, we well, wanna do this. So we're gonna choose a good growth stock mutual fund and the return annually on average is 11.6%. Jack starts investing $2,400 every year from age 21 to age 30, and then he stops completely, okay? Well, you go up, up, up to 67 years old, and he ends up with $2.5 million. Well done, Jack. Then Blake is like, well, I'm gonna start investing at age 30, and I'm gonna invest $2,400 every year until 67. Remember, Jack stopped investing, He's investing every year, but at 67, Blake ends up with $1.4 million. So just those nine years of investing that Jack did over Blake, he ended up with that much more money. I mean, it's crazy. So remember, it's never too late though. Compound interest works to your advantage no matter how old you are, and that is a guaranteed way to build wealth. So I hope this helps you guys. Again, I know it can be kind of crazy and you hear lots of messages out there, Remember, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And slow and steady wins the race. Hey guys, I'm excited. My good friend, fellow Ramsey personality, King Coleman. Welcome back. Oh, it's always good to be in the living room with you, Rachel. I know, it's you feel like nice. it? You like the vibes? Yeah, uh, so I'm a little great. disappointed, though. I did send a very specific rider of some snacks and drinks, and I see nothing. And there's nothing. So I must not it's have— It's called a high-maintenance guest yeah. is what that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am that. <laughs> but Ken is a number one national best-selling author and host of The Ken Coleman Show, where he helps people figure out what they are born to do and maps out a plan to get them there. So, Ken, it's mm-hmm. like the one word I'm hearing all the time. Inflation. Oh, my gosh. Inflation, inflation, yeah. inflation. Everything's yeah. expensive. Inflation, gas prices, inflation. Yeah. 
It's a real thing. So real. what have you found? Well, you I see the this? two big squeezes for people are gas and groceries. So yeah. I mean, if you think about that, you know, that's why what you do is so important. That budget, as you say, the freedom to spend is so important right now because while we're seeing people get a lot of jobs, the great resignation, many of you've heard that phrase, we've had nearly 30 million people, Rachel, change jobs since August of 2021. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah. So over 4 million a month each of those months. Wow. It's extraordinary. So people are leveling up, if we want to use that phrase, meaning they're taking yeah. a job for more money. Well, that's great, except for prices are going up. Yep. And so you look at just two items, gas and groceries, and you start looking at that check and you go, wait a second, it's not going much further or it's not any further at all. And so people are going, oh my gosh, I got a better job but I still don't have any check left at the yep. end of the month. So what do we do in times like this where prices are still skyrocketing? Oil prices up. Remember, all of these salary increases mean companies pass those expenses on to you. To the consumer, So yes. what happens before this cycle's out? Well, we're gonna have to go make some more money. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded of what your dad taught you in the old days, right? We, we wanna make some money, we gotta go work. Yeah. And so right now, the side hustle is easy. There mm -hmm. are opportunities all the time. Companies, all different types, all different industries are looking for people right now. So if you're looking for that second or maybe third job, if you're in a season of, I gotta get out of debt, I'm gazelle intense, or I've got something really important that I've gotta save for, and my job's not bringing in the income, right now is a wonderful time because the demand is high. You are at your most valuable that you've ever been in the history of the United States, 3.4% unemployment. So if you need more money right now, there's places, go work. yeah, to go to do it. So for some people, though, they're thinking, okay, I've been in my job for three, four years, and the market has increased. Yeah. So one way to get more money is just to ask, stay at your job, That's right. but ask for an increase. So That's right. what advice do you have for people that want to go and ask for a raise? This is a great question because there's a lot of tension around yeah. how do I ask for a raise? You don't want to offend your boss. And so with that theme in mind, what I like to tell folks is don't ask for a raise specifically ask for a growth plan. Hmm. Now, a lot of people don't use this language. So when you go to your leader, this is really simple, but what you wanna do is, first we have a posture, and I'm not talking about a physical posture, what do I mean? A spirit of humility. Yes. We're not going in there saying, I'm unhappy, we're not gonna act unhappy, we're gonna go in and we're gonna have gratitude all over. So think about putting on kind of a gratitude jacket, and you wanna say something to this effect. You can make this your own. But something to the effect of, hey, I really enjoy working here, and I wanna work with you as my leader to create a growth plan. First thing I would love, and I don't expect you to answer this now, but I'd love to hear from you, what are some areas that I could do better in? Where can I get better? And then what are some new skills that if I would add them to my tool belt, I would be more valuable to you and mm -hmm. the team? Now, that example right there, that's humility without acting poor mouth. And you know, yeah. it's just, hey, how can I get better? Where can I get better? And then what are some skills that I could add? That's a wonderful way to start this. Now that leader is not on the defensive. Yes. You've yeah. not asked them to, to respond now. You say, I want to set a meeting where we can do this. That's the first piece. And then, well, it's really two pieces there. That third piece is, and then I'd love to measure that. How will we measure my improvement? Because here's the deal. I want more opportunity to be influential on this team and in this company. 
And as a result, I want to grow professionally. That's move up in position and also make more money. Yeah. Do you see how I approached that? There was never totally. anything in there, hey, how do we talk about a raise? Because the minute you use that word raise, I find that it puts leaders on the defensive because they have to respond to that. Yes, yes. You can't just put the word raise out there yep. and not expect them to respond. So what we're hoping is, is that you have a healthy leader who will receive that and go, okay, that was handled well. Sure, I want them to do more and win more for yeah. us because then I win. Yes. So yes. we hope that they then put a meeting together and we come up with a growth plan that is specifically measurable mm -hmm. that will lead to more money. If they don't respond well to that, Rachel, what we've done is, is we've eliminated the fact or the potential opportunity for you to get fired because you put them on the defensive. They just kind of kicked the can down the road and they were passive. Then you go, oh, you're one of those leaders. Yeah. This is not a place that I will be staying at long term. That's how I ask folks and kind of recommend that folks That's approach good. that. Because then we're going to find out what we need to find out, but I don't think we're going to put ourselves in danger yes. of being ostracized or fired. Yes, because a leader can feel that way, right? If they're, Absolutely. So, so what are some common mistakes that you find yeah. when people say, hey— I've heard people say, well, bring in marketplace. Absolutely. Do metrics, your research and yes. go. So based on this is where we have to be realistic. But is that Rachel. a mistake? Is it's that not a mistake. Yeah. It's not a mistake unless you lead with that. I would offer that when we have that meeting that we hope happens, which is the growth plan meeting. Yep. Yeah. And I'd say, hey, I did a little bit of research. Yeah. And based on my experience, that's years doing the work, and then my skill set. And then this area where we live, because it's different, the salary range in Los Angeles is very different than Nashville. Yeah. So we have to take into account all that you got to do very good research, and you want to show them a range of income. And so you then can say, this is what the market range is, and I'm obviously in the middle or I'm on the low end, And but, but I want to earn that, and I want yes. you and the company to feel good so that I can move up that range. So we still want to approach with that. The mistake, the question you ask is the mistake that people make is they go in and they're indignant. I don't think they're trying to be indignant, this idea of, you know what, I'm entitled because I've been here this long and I've only had this many raises. That's the worst way. I don't care how sweet and how kind you say that. That leader is going to hear one thing. Oh, okay, you don't think that I've given you what you deserve. I don't. I mean, that's what they're going to hear. Yeah, yeah. And that is a non-starter. Yes. We're not going anywhere. That's a mistake. In fact, the only place you're going— is to a new gig. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the most common mistake. They think, oh, if I'm nice about it, but I say, I deserve this. Mm -hmm. I don't like to ever lead with, I deserve. Dangerous phrase in, yeah. in a lot of things. Because you deserve a lot of things that we're yeah. not even talking about. Yeah, that's right. That's you know, right. And so you don't want to give any opportunity for that leader to misunderstand yes, your heart. Yes, that's good. Okay, so someone that's hearing this, and they're thinking, okay, this is good. I can go in with a lot of humility. Mm -hmm. And talk about, hey, I want to help the company. I'm here to to help work and make you know this go forward. But I want a growth plan. All of it, right? They're yep. hearing it. They're identifying with it, but they're nervous. And oh, they're yeah. thinking, oh, because it's because there's a level. No you're, the way question. you present it though is so great, but there still is not conflict, but there is like, hey, you're going in well, and, it feels and asking like conflict. for something. You nailed that. I, I think you're absolutely right. It does feel like conflict. Doesn't yes. mean that you're going in you with a boxer right, mentality, right. but it just feels like, oh, this could go. And a lot of people yeah. hate conflict. So what do you do? What do you say to someone okay. that feels All right. nervous or they're, they're, they're shutting down? Uh, relentless preparation leads to reflexive performance. All right, it's a fun little phrase because you know I love alliteration, but Can let's break it down. <laughs> I do. I'm obsessed with it because I'm a say preacher's it again. kid. Say it again slow. Re so relentless preparation. I'll relentless break it down. 
preparation. That means I'm really yeah. preparing ahead of time I over am, and over again. I, I got my three or four points. And then I it know leads to what, what I'm going to say to reflexive <laughs> performance. That means it's a reflex. If I throw something at Rachel right now, and it would be something very soft and squishy because we don't want to hurt nice. her. But what would you do if I went like this with a little like hacky sack? Yeah. Would, what would you yeah, do? Would. You just re, you would you would guard yourself. Yeah. That's a reflex. So reflex is we don't think about it. We just act. So he throws something at us or throws a punch. We're like, whoa! Yeah. Right. So the idea here is is that when we're nervous, the brain will perform. I actually did some research into this because I'm fascinated. I'm not a smart guy, but I'm curious, and I want to know how does the brain work under pressure. And uh, neurologists and all the science and the data says that you can retain up to 75% of what you really truly prepare for, even in your like highest anxiety like level. So just think like you feel like your world's falling apart. Your brain's still gonna retain a lot. It is a super computer. Yeah. So that little phrase just means I if it. I am really prepared, yep. no matter how nervous I am, my brain will retain it. But can I give a little so hack? I love that. You're, yes. you're big on the hacks and tips. I would, if I'm a person who tends to be really anxious. Yes. I'm going to go in with my moleskin and my notes in front of me. Yeah. I don't know why people think that that's, now I think it's weird if you go in and you got it written on your palm and you're like, duh, duh, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. But it's okay Have to go notes. into a meeting with your leader and you've got notes. Totally. And you look at it. It, make, it doesn't make you look weak no. or feeble-minded. It makes you look prepared and serious. So that's an actual way to make sure that your brain, even if you're really nervous, yes. and that 25%'s not, look down at your notes. So I good. Like, I don't know why people don't do that even in job interviews. Yes. Bring it. Yes. So I think that is one way to absolutely make sure that no matter how nervous you are, at you least you've got there. what you want to mm-hmm. say in yep. front of you. It's a great thing. That way you won't forget it. So good. And you guys, when you say, okay, I'm going to go and and have this conversation with my leader, and maybe it does go down the road that you actually do get it, right? That you're That's given right. more opportunity, you're paid more, all of it. And then it just helps in the whole cycle of your money, right? That's right. When, you're, when your income goes up. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. So, okay, when it comes to negotiating. Yeah. So asking for the raise, which I guess is a little bit of that negotiating status. Mm-hmm. But if you're, like, going to a new job yeah. and they present you with a salary mm-hmm. and you think, oh, I think I could get a little bit more, how do you go about that negotiating yeah. process for a new job? Yeah, it's a really good question. And, again, I understand the word negotiation is the right question. But there's a mindset, I think, with people on negotiation. And I would say stop. You're not a world-class negotiator. So unless you've taken a— FBI negotiating class, stop. You're not negotiating. What you're going to say is, okay, um, so they've offered, and let's just use real numbers here. They've offered me $75,000. I'm making $75,000 where I am. I did my market research, and I looked at the range, and $85,000 is on the high end. I feel like I've got the qualifications. I feel like I've got enough experience to ask for that. So we do our homework on this, and we look at that number, and we go, okay, am I willing to walk? over what I'm about to ask for. Yeah. So that's the mindset I want you to have. A, we need to be knowledgeable. It's not just because it feels good. Totally. Oh, 75,000 doesn't feel right. I don't it's, care how yeah. it feels. Yeah. We got to work with facts. So I'm starting there and then I'm going, okay, um, the reality is, I mean, you got to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Would you do the job for 75 if there was, if it was no ifs, ands, or buts? Got to a- answer that question for yourself. If the answer is no, I wouldn't, then be okay walking away. Yes. And, and so then just say this. Hey, I really appreciate the offer. I'm excited about working for you. Um, but the reality is I make that now or 
Um, I can't take it for that. You choose your mm-hmm. your language, but you just kind of hold the line in the sand. Just draw the line and go. I, I unfortunately I can't do it for that. If the offer was was eighty two five. Um, I'm signing instantly. Yeah. Or, you know, so it's just a real adult conversation. Yes. Don't make all these wordy excuses. Speak directly because they've offered you the job. Remember this. They've said, we want you. So now you do have a little bit of leverage here. Sure. But you got to know, but if you're not willing to walk and you ask for 82.5 and they go, sorry, now you've lost a lot of leverage. So yes. that's why I tell people, be very informed on what the range is. Are you realistically in that range? Mm-hmm. And then what are you willing to say no to? It's good. So good. And just having that plan, you guys, just going in and knowing what you want. And I love that. Even that hard boundary of like, are you willing to walk away? All that. It just gives you a framework to work with. Well, you're really Versus free. going on and you're just yeah. like, yeah, figuring it all out. So good. Okay. So, Ken, mm-hmm. love everything you do. Love everything you talk about. Helping people really figure out, you know, what they are created and made to do on this planet. Thank you. But for you. Yeah. And I ask every guest this. I know. I'm ready. Are you ready to I know what it is? I did my homework. I think I know the question. Okay. What's, What's one thing I'm doing with money right now? It's creating a life that you love. Yeah. So, man, I wish this was really interesting, but um, I've got kids in private school, and I got another one joining, uh. and then my wife needs a replacement SUV in probably six months. Right now, you Bruce the, Bruce the Burb is over 200,000 miles, and he's rocking. But Bruce is starting to have more ailments. Oh, poor Bruce. And I'm starting to get a little irritated with how much yes. I'm taking Bruce to the doctor. Yes. You feel oh, me? Oh, I'm tracking. So right now, what am I doing to live the life? Hey, when mama's happy— <laughs> Daddy's happy. <laughs> Mama needs a new SUV, so we're socking the money away because have you seen the prices? Oh, it's crazy. For used crazy. SUVs oh, right it's now? Insane. Truthfully, I'm holding out. I'm yes. saving, but I'm hoping in, you know, the summer or whatever, yeah, 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 we yeah. start to see things right size a little bit. But my goodness, I'm in you the got saving some, You got mode. some expenses. <laughs> Private school and a, and a new SUV. Let me SUV. tell you something. I got you another kid. Oh, you I'm, are I'm fancy. not fancy. Fancy I'm not Katie fancy. I'm little, hustling, baby. Little bougie. Little bougie over here. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> so good. So good. Okay. Well, Ken, thank you. Thanks for being fun. on. Thank Always you. good. So where can everyone find you? KenColeman.com. We spent a lot of time thinking through that URL. It's very creative. Spent a lot of time on that. KenColeman.com. We have a ton of free resources there as well. Yes. That will really help people in this journey. And uh, also and they can show. find where to listen to the show. Yeah. The Ken Coleman Show. Equally creative name. And so we spent a lot of time and money on coming up with that name. KenColma.com. How many Ken cities Coleman are you show. in? Live? Oh, man, we're 75 now. And that's then we're on SiriusXM live every day going into the Ramsey Show. Yeah. Uh, that's on the Business Channel. Okay. And 132 on okay. SiriusXM. And then YouTube and wherever podcasts are yeah, available. Yeah, it's awesome. So great. Ken, Thank thanks always. Always. Always fun. for being here. And you guys, I hope that this helped you because knowing how to start these conversations, have these conversations— it is the real deal right now. And increasing your income always, always helps when it is right for you. Oh, Ken Coleman. What a man. I mean, so good, though. It really is. It's such a good conversation. And going in so humble when you talk about, you know, wanting a raise, it's a great way to go about it. So I'm so thankful Ken came on to chat about that. Okay. Now we're going to talk about one thing that I'm loving right now and one thing that I'm learning. One thing I'm loving. <sighs> Guys, it's been—I had to go back in the years as I was thinking about this. I think it's been 14 years. 14 years since uh, the old double piercing of <laughs> Rachel Cruz's ear <laughs> was engaged. Were you wearing an earring in the second hole? Because I have not 
in that long a time. Yep, I became a professional. I went simplistic. And then this weekend, I saw an ad. I was girl, I saw her earrings, and I was like, man, that's so cool. Like, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. So I went to Amazon and bought some really cheap. <laughs> really, they're infecting my ears as we speak. Uh, earrings. So, yeah, I did it, y'all. I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Uh-huh. Now I kind of want to do, I kind of want to do, I want to do a few more. I don't know. We're going to see. But then I'm like, I don't know. Can you talk about money and have like earrings all the way up? Maybe. We'll see. This might be my new thing. Okay. One thing I am learning right now. Oh, I am learning to be, I don't know if controlling would be the right word. <laughs> Trying to be less controlling or more fun. I don't know what the word is, but I'm letting my kids go a little bit more and I mean by all of this is that Amelia, this weekend, she's seven, just turned seven, first grade. And usually where we are in our neighborhood, you can there's a lot of sidewalks and streets. So you can see everything. There's bike trails. Like, it's awesome. But I always want her kind of in my sights, you know, because I don't want her, like, kidnapped and, like, all the things. And so I let her go this weekend. I let her go, and I said, okay, you got to be back in 10 minutes. Got to be back in 10 minutes. And she did. Very responsible. And then— the next morning, I went out there to the driveway to let her dog out, and she was nowhere to be found. And I thought, dadgummit, man. So then I found her on the bike trail with her cousins, and I was like, no, 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 no. Back to the house, back to the house. And I was like, you can't do that. And she's like, well, there were no rules. You didn't tell me any rules around this. I was like, oh, yeah. My mom needs to <laughs> communicate some boundaries. So the first rule is you don't leave and go on the bike trail unless you tell mom. <sighs> but this new phase of parenting, it's good. It's good. It's really fun. But man. I'm learning. I'm learning. Doing great and letting go of control. It's gonna be great. Cause you know, back in the day, we used to do that all the time. Like we didn't have phones. We we went, we ran and we played. So I'm trying to bring the '80s back to 2022. That's the goal. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. And I want to thank Ken for being on and being such a great guest. And for you guys, if you have not hit the follow button, make sure to do that to subscribe to this podcast. And if the spirit leads, you can leave a review. And as always, make sure to take control of your money and create a life you love.